First Saturday Lime is our go-to natural organic pest control tool. It helps keep the bugs away and help soak up ammonia and the stink in your coops and barns. And this month, January 2020, in case you're listening to this late, when you use our discount code DRINK at checkout, you'll get 30% off and free shipping. You can use First Saturday Lime to create a barrier around your home, your boots, and your firewood to keep unwanted bugs away. And it can also be used as a whitewash, and it also helps balance out pH and water to prevent algae growth. So with so many uses, you really can't go wrong using this safe organic lime. So go to FirstSaturdayLime.com and use code DRINK at checkout to get 30% off and free shipping for this month only. Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you opening? Well, I just got back from Arizona, which means I could only be opening one thing. Oh, I think I know what it is. And that's a Hus Brewing Coffee Kolsch. Yeah. How much of that did you drink while you were out there? Really not that much. I only got to go to the tap room twice because I had to keep traveling between Tempe and a bunch of other places. So yeah, I didn't get to drink as much as I wanted to, but I had two one night and then two another night and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) How much did you bring home? Just one six pack and only four of them were coffee colches. Oh, so you really practiced some self-control there. I really did. It took like all of my power right there. (laughs) So what'd you open over there? So I opened a Blake's Hard Cider Grizzly Pear, and mm. my favorite booze shop finally had these in singles, so I was able to try them um, without committing to a whole pack, even though it is really good. I could commit to a whole pack of this, um, but it has pear, apple, and elderflower in there, and it's a very pleasant mix. That sounds delicious. And that's so smart to try to get singles instead of whole six packs because I cannot tell you how many times I've bought full six packs and I probably still have five of them Mm -hmm. sitting in the beer fridge Mm because it turns out I didn't really like it all that much. (laughs) (laughs) And life's too short to drink beer you don't like. (laughs) Amen. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain. So hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related, but we cut a lot of those and put them up on the Patreon. Though we've been pretty good lately. We haven't had very big outtakes. Hmm, Maybe (laughs) we'll change that one of these episodes. (laughs) We need to do bad so we can give content to the people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You can check out patreon.com slash drinkandfarm for the outtakes that are up there. And we have some other fun things up there um, sometimes. And it's an excellent way to support the podcast starting at $2 a month. And speaking of the Patreon, our drink peep this episode is Ashley Kiernan, which is at Ashley Kiernan on the Instagram. Easy peasy. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So we don't have any corrections or follow up that I'm aware of, right? I Not that I could think of. I think the sugar episode went pretty smoothly. Sweet. Yes, but we do <laughs> need to talk about the Henny and Rue farmhouse boxes that we both just got because they are pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes, they are. So what was your favorite thing out of it? So I think my favorite thing out of that was the uh, woven fringed throw blanket because it was like, it's a good size. It's 50 by 60 inches and it's cozy and it's just well made. Like you can tell that it's not cheap (laughs) and it looks amazing in my living room. Like it was meant to be there. So I think that was my favorite thing. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. It looks like it was perfect for mine too. It matches my hygge corner perfectly. And it also makes a really great yoga blanket if anybody does like yoga with props. Oh, FYI. <laughs> nice. So what was your favorite item? So I always need more things to hang on the wall. So I really liked the rustic wall hanging with the hen on it. Oh, yeah. And it was red. Yes, it was perfect. I loved it so much. I still haven't found a place for it, but I have it leaning up against a wall somewhere. Wait, <laughs> does yours have a hen on it? No, wait. Mine has a rooster okay, on it. Okay, I was going to say, I have a rooster. Oh. <laughs> and mine is like <laughs> right on my pod desk because I have like a shelf and it's so it's like right there so I'll remember honey and rue anytime I sit down to record (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome I can't believe I said that was a hen (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe that everybody got either a hen or a rooster and we were just meant to be with that combination but Bev needs to review chicken anatomy (laughs) yeah clearly (laughs) (laughs) but look at that we corrected ourselves before even the next episode so I'm I'll pat ourselves on the back for that one Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> so the box also had a handmade cutting board from the maker Spruce and Spice. It also had a set of three glass acorn ornaments to hang on the tree or anywhere in the home. And I will say I hung it on my banister and it looked so cute there until my cat decided it was a toy. So now it's hanging up <laughs> higher somewhere else. Right. I think I have mine hanging up on the wall right now. <laughs> And there's also a reclaimed wood votive holder, which is super cute. And two cinnamon and spruce scented handmade soy candles by the maker, The Wandering Candle. And all natural homemade peppermint soap from our friend over at 5R Farm. And I love her soap so much. Mm -hmm. Just a quick plug for her. I use her shampoo bars as my shampoo because I'm trying to throw away less plastic so I don't use shampoo or conditioner anymore and I haven't for gosh at least six months I'm thinking that's awesome no one said anything about my hair being yucky so (laughs) I'm assuming it's working (laughs) (laughs) at least the Instagram hasn't noticed it looked bad so that means that it's good (laughs) and every box comes with a tea towel which I absolutely love because I can never have too many of those and this month's is hanging up in my bathroom perfect place for it so if you decide that you want a honey and rue farm home box just go to honeyandrue.com you'll find it in the shop it's not a subscription item so you can just purchase it whenever she has one available and i think she only has a handful of the winter boxes left so you want to hurry if you want one and then of course subscribers always save 10 percent if you already subscribe to the honey and rue box and if you aren't a subscriber at honey and rue you can use our code drink and farm when you subscribe to the monthly chicken keeping box and then that'll give you 10 percent off the farm home box perfect stuff for your chickens stuff for your house doesn't get any better than that so for this week's episode, we kind of wanted to do a little follow-up from the New Year's episode that we did a couple of weeks ago where we shared some of our goals with you. So we're going to kind of give you a little sneak peek into how we're doing so far, which it's still super early in the year, but we wanted to kind of just check in and, and Bev kind of went a different direction. Well, I want to say different direction. <laughs> you added something on your list of your already very large list of things that you wanted to do. (laughs) Yes. But I think that when you're passionate about something, that it's important to give it energy. And I think that's what's happening here with yours. I won't spoil yours, but I'll just do a quick update on mine because mine touched on saving for the farm and building my own savings account for that. And it'll just be a quick update. Um, so I opened a savings account. Yay! Go Sam! That's like one of the first steps. But like, honestly, if you have like a bank and they have an app online, most of the times you'll be able to just open a savings account with even without even going to the branch if you already have an active checking account. So I have a bank account with Capital One. Um, 
And I also have a bank account with, well, technically a credit union. But with Capital One, I found out their interest rate on their savings account is almost 2% compared to my bank's like 0.08%. Yep. <laughs> so I decided to choose that one to open my savings account because why not make your money work for you if you're not spending it? Um, so I will be setting up eventually an auto draft that'll take... Um, the money from my paycheck automatically to send it there. So I don't even like see it. Um, I'm not that far yet because I have to get the routing numbers. Um, but my work allows for me to dictate what goes where. So they're going to handle that for me. Um, and then I won't even have to think about it. So what I'm going to do um, going forward is just set a standard amount. And I think when people consider their overall budget, paying all their bills, making sure everything, like they can still eat and things like that. Um, you have to come up with an amount that's right for you. So my base amount for my farm savings account is going to be $50 a month or not month, $50 a paycheck and I get paid bi-monthly. And then if I can put more in there, I'll go in and do that manually myself. But that's just going to be the automatic amount that comes out every month that I don't even have to think about. And I did actually start with a balance that was bigger than that $50 um, just to get myself started. And I did have to take the goats to the vet already to get disputed this year, but I didn't touch it because it was my intention to let that build up before I have to use it and kind of use it as an emergency fund initially until it's like big enough that I can pull it out to do some not so emergent things. So that's where that is at. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm pretty proud of myself that I that I stuck with that, even though I'm still trying to play, play catch up on some other things. And I really like online shopping and I'm trying to stop doing that too. <laughs> it's so hard to give up the online shopping habit. <laughs> it really is. It is, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Well, and good job for the way that you did that. It was so smart. In fact, like you followed the advice that I was going to give you pretty much to a T. And I also have accounts with Capital One, and I really like them for a savings account. And then once accounts get just a tad bigger and I'm not finding myself drawing from them, I transform over to Betterment, which is like a self-investment tool, I guess, for lack of a better word. They like They make investing dummy proof pretty much because I'm really I'm not into like the stock market or investments or anything but if you have a little bit of money that you're not touching it's wise to invest it because over the long term they say that the stock market always wins so I don't know I'm giving that a try (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually like a safe savings account kind of person and I love the way that you did your automatic deposit through your work and your payroll company and that you set it at a reasonable amount because one of the traps that people fall into when they're starting to save is they get really gung-ho about it and decide that they're going to save like $200 per paycheck. But what happens when you realize that you're short, you have to pull from your savings account. And then the more you pull from your savings account, the more of a habit it becomes to pull from the savings account. And then suddenly your plan to like not touch it doesn't work. Right. Um, that was awesome. That is exactly the advice that I was going to give you. I mean, and I'm not like a financial guru or anything, but, (laughs) but I mean, (laughs) but I'm an accountant. So I've set up a couple of things and I have like just a little bit of savings, but (laughs) it's hard to get started. That's the hardest part is like, yeah. And, and I think just like with, this is a good reminder for any goal. You have to set reasonable goals that you can actually hit. And sometimes you have to chunk it out and, This isn't farming related, but maybe another approach people could take is the approach I'm taking with saving for Christmas. And it's kind of more of like a snowball effect. Um, So I've always been the type to either rack up more debt at Christmas or just feel really disappointed in myself that I couldn't spend as much as I wanted to. So what I did this year was also started another Capital One checking account. This will also auto deposit from my check. Um, at least like a base amount, but my plan is to have that base amount. And as I get closer to Christmas, put a little more. So right now I'm only doing like $10 a paycheck. 
So that's $20 a month. So by the time you get to, you know, November when you have to do your Christmas shopping, even if it's that $10 twice a month, that's 200 and some dollars that you didn't have to like steal from somewhere else or maybe pay a bill bill late because you're feeling pressure to buy all the presents. Um, so that's what I'm going to do for that one is just have that base amount. And as it gets closer, any extra money I have is just going to go straight there. Um, so quarterly it'll, that'll increase. And the nice thing about the system my work uses is I can always go in and up that auto automatic a month or automatic per paycheck amount anytime I want. So if I'm feeling a little frisky or maybe I get a raise or something, um, I can go in there and adjust it then too. So, you know, you got to be flexible and reasonable to what's happening in your life because things happen. People lose their jobs. People get sick. Um, So don't be so hard on yourself either um, because you should kind of just pat yourself on the back and grab a beer from the fridge when you do some of this stuff because it's a step in the right direction. (laughs) It is. And the more good steps you take like that, the easier it gets, if that makes any sense. Like, it takes practice. It's just like anything else when you're learning how to do it. Like, you're going to stumble and you're going to make mistakes and it's not going to go perfect. But all that matters is that you keep showing up. Exactly. So, Bev, I have been dying to hear from you verbally because I've seen it in written word a few different ways. I want to know more about your new focus for 2020. So, I know that I'm trying to do too many things for 2020. (laughs) And in fact, I was laughing (laughs) because I heard a saying the other day and it says, don't chase too many rabbits or you'll catch Mm -hmm. none. (laughs) I've heard that before too. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I feel like I'm starting to do. But with this goal, it's not, so it's not necessarily a goal per se. It's more like an exercise because what we're doing is we're specifically just weighing all of our food waste in 2020 and that's it it's that simple we're just gonna weigh our food waste there's no other metrics or like things that we're trying to do with Mm -hmm. it so to speak so the way that we came up with this idea is uh jared listened to a podcast episode from npr's life kit on how to reduce food waste and he was really excited about it he came home because he wanted to start putting like some of the things that they talked about in the episode into implementation and my smart mouth said oh i bet we don't waste that Mm -hmm. much food around Mm -hmm. here (laughs) and he's like oh yeah i think you'd be surprised and somehow the conversation just like totally evolved into, well, if we wanted to measure our food waste, like how would we do that? And we talked about like how we would weigh it and then we talked about how we would track it and then we talked about how we would make it easy. And by the end of the conversation, we were like, yeah, let's measure all of our food waste for 2020. This sounds like a really fun idea because we don't have enough stuff going on. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> No pressure. And he really wanted me to listen to the NPR Life Kit episode. So I did. And the episode gave some really staggering stats. And one of them is that 10 percentage percent of greenhouse gas emissions is caused by the methane released by food waste that rots in the landfill. Because what happens is in that environment, it can't break down the way that it would when you compost it, or even if you just like threw it in the hmm. woods. <laughs> I mean, not everybody can do that because you live in a neighborhood. Please don't throw your food waste out into yeah. the street. <laughs> um, also, and, and so that number is a little tricky because I've seen it like 8% and I've seen it 10%. But for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to use NPR's number, which is the 10%. And 40% of all food that's produced is wasted at some point between harvest and the consumer. So, you know, sometimes you harvest something and it just wasn't good because, you know, environmental conditions didn't make the growing conditions the best or something happens to it in storage or even we've talked about a lot of food recalls. You know, something happens while it's being inspected or while it's being processed or while it's being packaged and stuff dies, dies, it's already dead because it's been harvested, (laughs) stuff rots in transport or while it's being stored at the grocery store, like all spots along the food chain, we lose food. So it's not surprising that that number is kind of high. But then 40% of the food 
that consumers buy ends up getting wasted as well, which is about 200 or so dollars per month out of your grocery bill, which when you hear it that way, you're like, oh, wow, I'm like taking money and throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. And, you know, these are average numbers. Everybody's going to fall different on the scale, obviously. I'm sure that for us, it's not. Well, I say that now like I did to Jared. (laughs) I don't think it's $200 because we don't spend that much money on our groceries because we grow a lot of stuff here, too, like especially in the summertime. But, you know, (laughs) we were like, even if we just save ourselves $100 a month, like that's 100 that can get put in the Christmas fund, you know, like you were talking about. Because in that podcast episode where we talked to... Amy from A Farmish Kind of Life about, you know, frugalness and farming and homesteading. Everybody falls in a different spot on the scale and sometimes there's not places to cut. Mm -hmm. But, you know, waste, if you have any, is one place that can be looked at if everything else, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room. So, yeah, we were like, all right, let's do this. (laughs) That's awesome. And I think, too, like, I definitely don't waste 200 ish dollars a month by throwing stuff away because I spend probably like 400 ish a month on groceries because you know my stepkids are only here every so often so we're able to keep it pretty pretty conservative and that includes you know stuff like um dishwasher tabs and you know toilet paper and stuff so that's not all food um but I will say that before I got on the podcast, I was loading groceries into the refrigerator and I did pull out quite a few containers of leftovers that weren't touched. And it did kind of like hurt my heart because I knew I was coming on here and going to be listening to you talking about food waste. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a victim. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it happens to all of us, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean... And, you know, you can give it to the chickens and there's all sorts of ways to repurpose food waste, so to speak, which makes it a little better. But for the purpose of our exercise, like the only thing we're doing is weighing the food waste that was purchased or harvested intended for human consumption. And we're trying to keep it really simple and focused so that we don't lose our sights and suddenly get this like exercise all off into the distance because I'm really good at riding off into the horizon into something else. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens with our podcast ideas. (laughs) Well, it's good to have scope and to decide what counts and what doesn't for any goal too, because you're right. You're absolutely right. You can start out with a goal and if it's too broad, you're just going to get frustrated and stop or end up focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. And I know I just talked about how you can use food waste to sort of repurpose it by feeding it to the chickens or composting it or whatever. But for the purpose of our exercise, we're counting those kinds of food repurposing as waste, which I know is probably not going to rub people the right way um, because, you know, we have our farms like it's nice to be able to compost the things that you would otherwise throw in the garbage. You don't have the methane attributing to greenhouse gas emissions when you compost your food waste or when the chickens eat it, which is super nice. But one of the other things that they talked about in that podcast episode and in some other things that I've read since then is that despite the fact that agriculture is getting more efficient, like the raising and harvesting and storing of our food still requires energy Mm -hmm. so the idea that 40 percent of it is going to something other than human consumption especially when we've talked about how food insecurity is a real problem not just around the world but even just in our own neighborhoods in the united states like it was kind of hit me like oh we should really be doing better with our food and you know that starts here at home with myself. Like if I'm going to talk about how important food is and how important the environment is, then I want to put my money where my mouth is literally. And something else to that effect is that by not buying so much food that we're throwing like all the leftovers to the chickens, we will save money just kind of as a side effect of that because like my chickens don't need that $5 clamshell of spinach. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's like we've all thrown our our wilted salad grains to the oh, chickens. Oh, for sure, <laughs> and they are thrilled about it. <laughs> they are. They're super, super, super thrilled about it. But one thing I wanted to make sure that I made clear was that if we buy groceries from the store specifically for the animals, like. Herc and Percy really like oranges, so if I buy oranges for them or if I buy a watermelon or some fruit specifically for the chickens, like we're not counting that as food waste because we saw it, we wanted to buy it for them, and we bought it for that purpose. So we're not going to count that as food waste. But if a box of cereal goes stale in the cupboard and we throw it to the chickens, we're counting that as food waste, just to make it simple. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I like how you're like deliberately dividing those things. Yeah. And also we're counting like those little bites of food that you leave in the bottom of your plate, which I mean, I don't know. That happens around here all the time. Like I'll pour myself a whole bowl of soup and then I'll get three quarters of the way through and I'll start slowing down. And then by the end, like there's still just like a little puddle in the bottom. But for some reason, I just don't finish it. And we're going to count that as food waste because if enough of us had not taken more than we needed, then that probably would have been enough for a, l- a lunch for one person the next day. So we're keeping track of that stuff too. I will say that I'm in the camp of I was told to clean my plate when I was growing up. So I still am in the habit of n- like not leaving food on my plate, even if it means I'm going to be miserable later. So... I've been working on trying not to do that because I'm also trying to lose weight, like probably like 50% of people listening to this right now um, with the new year. Um, So I am trying to like take smaller scoops. So if I do go up and get seconds, it's because I just didn't overload my plate the first time. Um, And then, you know, it stays in the pot or whatever, and then it can be leftovers if there's still leftovers. So I think that can be your mentality a lot, too, is like um, how you were raised if you were told to clean your plate or if you weren't with the whole like few bites left, because that doesn't register to me. But I see it with my stepkids like they'll throw like half a plate of food into the garbage and I open it and like mentally will like flip out. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I busted my ass working so you could eat when you're here and have a good meal and you're throwing half of it away. So I think a lot of it's psychological too. Um, Whether your team clean your plate or team stop eating when you're full so you don't become obese. (laughs) (laughs) um, So I think a lot of this like food waste thing, either with whatever camp you're in, a lot of it's psychological too. And like you were tying in that whole food insecurity thing too. It just, it's one big circle. Oh yeah, for sure. And in fact, we had a conversation yesterday, Jared and I, because I poured myself a bowl of cereal and I got to the bottom of it and I'd eaten all the cereal and I had like a half a bowl of milk left and I looked at it and I was like, I don't want to drink my cereal milk. And Jared's like, that counts as food waste. I'm like, oh, because... I don't I don't like to drink milk. I was one of those kids that my parents would make me sit at the kitchen table for three hours until I drank the milk. And then it was oh, all no. warm and disgusting and even worse for me than yeah. it was when it was cold. So I still don't just like pour a glass of milk and drink it. I use it in all sorts of things and I love it in my cereal, but I don't just like chug down on it because... I don't know, probably PTSD from my childhood. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And now you're an adult and you can do what you want. Exactly. (laughs) But then I told Jared, I'm like, but I like all of my cereal to be wet because he's like, well, just pour less milk. And he's like, are you telling me that you like your cereal moist? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, I like all of my like cereal puffs to be moist. Do you have a problem with that? But I'm happy to report this morning, I poured like a quarter of the milk that I did yesterday and my cereal was just fine. So, (laughs) well, good. See, you're just, you're learning and you're adjusting. And I was going to suggest for a hot second that maybe you try like almond milk or something because that tastes different with cereal milk. But then I remembered (laughs) that you don't like nut juice. I don't. So one of the questions people ask us is, how are we weighing our food waste? And what we're doing is we have a 
container inside the fridge that's labeled specifically for food waste. And we scrape all of the food waste that we have for the week into it. And then at the end of the week, we record it, we weigh it and record it in a Google form that Jared created. And it automatically updates into a Google spreadsheet that Jared hooked to the form. I'm not technical enough to know exactly how that worked. I asked him if it was possible to share it with other people and he said it would screw our form up. But I don't know. I I can have him give me directions on how to do that if anybody is interested in it. Um, And as our scales, we're using just a regular old kitchen scale. And then we also have a fish scale with a hook on it. So if you have so many leftovers that it's like in a bag, you can hang the bag from the fish hook and that weighs it. (laughs) So it's pretty handy. And uh, on the spreadsheet, there's columns that records where the waste goes. So the waste is being recorded as either going to the landfill going to the animals or being composted because we're genuinely just curious where it ends up. Like does 90% of our waste end up, you know, breaking down here on the farm where it doesn't create more greenhouse gas emissions? I hope so, but I don't know until we actually tally it all up at the end. So at the end of the year, we're going to have a total pounds wasted and where it went. And quite honestly, I haven't found the exercise to be quite as onerous as you'd think it would be. But also, Jared does a lot of the work for me. So <laughs> it's really good to have like an invested person doing it with you, not just in the capacity of cooperating to put all the food waste into one place, but to like own certain parts of it. And The fact that he's excited about it and you're excited about it, I imagine that that at least makes the kids want to cooperate too. Like, how are your kids, um, like, what steps are you taking to make your kids understand why you guys are doing it? And what's it been like having them in the process with you so far? So they understood it right away because we had them listen to the podcast episode, too, because that's one of the nice things about NPR's Life Kit is that it's totally kid-friendly. I mean, some of the concepts are going to go over their heads, but they can get the gist of it. And we drive a lot, so listening to the podcast wasn't that big of a deal because one of the times we got in the car, we just stuck it on. And the kids have been on board, and in fact, they have already made some adjustments in how they do their food. So I always served their food for them, but then they would complain that I put too much you know, on their bowls or plates. So now I'm letting them scoop out their own food. And in fact, like Aurora went up for seconds and thirds one night because she had underestimated how much she would like something. And honestly, giving up that control was really hard because I want to make sure that the kids got enough of each type of food. So that's why I always put it on there for them. But then I realized if I don't let them make some of their own food choices, then like, what am I setting them up for mm. in adulthood? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, as an adult or as a young adult, I pretty much lived off of those 99 cent Gino's pizzas and macaroni and cheese, like at first until I figured it out. (laughs) I think I think a lot of people go through that phase regardless. (laughs) Yeah, and they probably will, too. But maybe they'll think about it a little more like if I give them choices and have them scoop out like, you know, from the different things and decide like their ratios on their own. So I don't know. We'll see where that ends up. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, too, I that's something that's funny because I kind of have had the same feelings of control over, like, how much my stepkids get to eat. And, like, sometimes it's just easier to scoop the, it out for them. And they're 10 and they're 12 now, so they can handle it. But I think about, oh, my gosh, if they do this, like, it's higher up. Are they going to make a mess? Like... You know, are they going to be, like, needing help anyways? But, like, I've started stepping back and just embracing the fact that if they make a mess, I'll ask them to clean it up. And I reiterate to them, if it's on your plate, you have to finish it. And then they do, like, take the appropriate amount. And if they don't, then they have to eat a little more of their broccoli than they wanted to. So... (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's funny that you said that because I've had those same feelings before too. Yeah, it's hard. I didn't like really view myself as a control freak, but it turns out that when it came to like food, I kind of was. (laughs) 
And they've also kind of changed the way that they order at restaurants. So Orion's been sharing a plate with me a lot because he doesn't want to order off the kids menu anymore because it's not enough. But he orders off the adult menu and it's far too much for him. So the last time we ate out together, they had like a rib platter or something. And I know Orion really loves ribs. So I was like, hey, do you want to share the rib platter? Because like nothing else on this menu is really exciting me. I know that you're super excited about ribs. So let's get the full rack and share it. And then we can finish all of our food. And we did. It worked. We cleaned the whole thing. But if he had ordered the rib platter and then I had gotten something else, we would have brought back half of our food each easily. Or it would have ended up, you know, hiding in the back of the fridge for forever and then ending up on our poor food waste spreadsheet. (laughs) So something else that's just kind of ended up happening because of this whole measuring of the food waste is that everyone is just kind of naturally wanting to throw less food away because, you know, like we have that container in the fridge and I don't know, they're like seeing it as the container of shame, but that's totally not what I'm intending it to be. It's just for ease of weighing, but no one wants to add anything to it. (laughs) No, I think that makes sense. Um, Visual reminders can be very powerful um, and they could totally make people feel shame. But I think with the way it sounds like you're framing it um, in your own minds and in the minds of your children, like, that doesn't make it a shameful thing. It just means that you're being mindful of the actions that you're taking. And that's exactly the conversation Jared and I had yesterday because, you know, I was typing up the notes for this and I asked him if I had missed anything about it. And he's like, no, but now that you put it all just kind of like in writing and just repeated, you know, our own story back to me, I realized that This is just a mindfulness practice. We're just trying to be aware because we didn't set any goals for what our food waste should be or really set any expectation. Um, But I, I was expecting that because we were measuring it, it was just naturally going to go down because we're being aware and mindful Mm -hmm. of it. And then I told Jared that my word for the year was mindful. And he's like, oh, so apparently I'd forgotten to tell him that. So (laughs) good talk. Good talk. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so one of the other things that we're doing um, just to kind of keep track of our food, because now that we're aware of our food waste, we're just trying to make sure that we use up what we have. Um, So we did put two lists on, we have an echo show inside the kitchen. And one of the lists is just a list of leftovers. And the other one is a list of things that we've added to the freezer. Because like, we put our bread in the freezer now. So when you want bread, you have to pull out a slice and throw it in the toaster. But it's like having fresh bread every day, so that's pretty cool. Um, And also, if like an onion starts to look like it's getting a little yucky, we dice it up really quick, throw it in a freezer container, and drop it in the freezer, and we'll add that to the list. So, Um, But again, Jared's taking the reins on all of that because I just – I don't have that much time, and he's really enthusiastic about it. So Mm -hmm. takes the weight off of me. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And I was really excited because this last week I was traveling. So I was like, oh, no, I'm totally going to end up with some food waste this week. And Jared and I joked about what we were going to do about anything that I wasted while I was in Arizona. And he's like, you have to bring all your food waste bag in a garbage bag and check it in your luggage. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I would never do that to those poor TSA agents. I was like, well, I'm like, how about I just make a real attempt not to throw anything away while we're there so that I don't like mess it all up. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Give that a try. And I'm pretty pleased to announce that I didn't throw any food away while I was in Arizona. And one of the really fun things about it was that Uh, As soon as people found out that I was doing a food challenge, uh, they are not really like a food challenge, but just like trying not to waste anything. They automatically tried not to waste anything as well, just Hmm. sort of by association, which was pretty cool. And I joked to Jared that uh, the reason that everyone knew I was doing a food waste challenge was because I channeled the nearest vegan and announced to everybody what I was doing with my food. (laughs) (laughs) God, that's so bad, but it's, I know it's funny. Jared's like, You're not gonna make any vegan friends that way. I was like, No, I have tons of vegan friends, they know that they tell everybody that they're vegan, but I do have a fun theory on that. It's because if you're gonna eat out with somebody who has 
dietary restrictions, whether self-imposed or because of an allergy or something, like you have to know what their dietary restrictions are. You know, otherwise you might pick a restaurant that they can't literally eat anything at. So that's my theory on that. And that's why I'm not judging telling everybody that you're vegan. (laughs) But I thought it was a funny joke. (laughs) And one big downside of this uh, has been what you mentioned earlier about overeating. I let someone order my food for me while I was in Arizona, and I told them that I just wanted the burrito, but I think they thought that I had just forgotten to order the rice and beans, so they ordered it for me. Oh. I sat at that table for two hours eating cold rice and beans, trying not to waste any of it because I didn't have a microwave in my room, and I didn't want to throw it in the trash. And after that, I was like, all right, I have to order my own food and make sure that like my food things are really clear to everybody just so they know why Like I didn't order sides with my meal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because overconsumption is a form of waste too, right? And Jared said that he was worried that if we tried to do the clean plate thing every time we ate out, if we weren't sharing plates that we would end up having like some health or weight issues at the end of this if we push it too far. So mm-hmm. we definitely do have to be more aware of that. Yes, yes. So that's it. That's my main focus right now. I mean, I'm still doing all the other stuff that we talked about, but like this has just sort of uh, taken up the most brain power, I suppose is the right word. Yeah, it's a whole lifestyle um shift that it sounds like you guys are making and I mean I saw you posting in the group like eating food sitting on your bed in the hotel room so I know you're not lying because you been like <laughs> using the group for accountability purposes and I'm like man she is committed to this especially when you don't have a microwave in your hotel room then you're pretty limited on what you can take back Yeah. I mean, some people are fine eating leftovers cold. I'm not one of those people. But luckily for me, the one thing that I had to take back to the hotel room was a salad. And I don't normally do salads as leftovers. So when I realized that I had ordered a full full size salad instead of a half, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be it. I'm gonna have to tell Jared that I threw away half of the salad. But I brought it back to the hotel room. My friend had a disposable fork that was already out of the package so that I could wash it and reuse it. So I was like, oh, good. So I didn't create like any new trash because of this. That's another (laughs) thing too. Like I'm trying really hard to balance. Like I don't want to throw away a whole fork just to eat two bites of leftovers in my hotel room. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel like that feels like that's being wasteful of something else in and of itself. But you can also fall into this like moral rabbit hole, I guess. Of trying to constantly keep up with the things that you want to do. And I'm trying really hard not to do that. Because I don't want to make anybody else feel like they have to do that sort of thing either. Because it's mentally exhausting. If you don't have the mental space to do something like this, like, definitely don't. Like, I would not recommend it whatsoever. But I'm trying to figure out how to do it in a way that's mentally sane and still gets to our point that we're trying to do, I guess. So are you saying like at Coop Camp you're going to have a Ziploc baggie with like silverware in it so you can just use your own silverware? (laughs) I'm thinking of getting one of those Swiss Army silverware things because that would be pretty cool because I've never really cared for plastic like throwaway disposable utensils because they always felt semi-wasteful to me. And this whole food waste thing, like the minute I realized how easy it was just to order the right amount of food and eat the right amount of food. Like while I was in Arizona, I didn't throw away any plastic bottles because I didn't buy any bottled water. I just carried around my Nalgene. I only had one coffee cup get thrown away and it was because the coffee shop I went to would not take my cup behind the counter to make the coffee. So they made me take it (laughs) in their disposable cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can be like a whole liability thing with certain places too. Yeah, exactly. So I try not to get too hung up on those things, but I figure like, you know, Starbucks takes my cup for me and fills it no problem. So like out of the 10 coffees I drank while I was gone, just one of them created a cup, which was kind of cool. So it just kind of made me aware of all of the areas that I'm wasteful in. And I was like, I'm on, I'm not on vacation, but I'm on a work trip. I'm by myself. I don't have kids to take care of. I literally just have myself and work to be responsible for. I have the energy to figure out where to get water from so that I don't have to throw away plastic bottles. I'm like, let's give this a try. Let's see how hard this was. And it ended up being 
easier than I thought it would be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what you said, though, about having enough mental space to do this sort of thing is important because I know from my own experience with things, like I'll see something on Facebook that I think is a really good idea. And if I don't have the mental space for it or I don't chunk it into smart mini goals within the larger goal, I can get anxious and depressed. And I'm already prone to anxiety. So I have to be really careful about what I do um, because I don't want to like trigger myself. Um, I don't need any help with being triggered sometimes. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to give yourself some grace too. And there's a difference between grace and excuses in my book. Absolutely. So excuses would have been you being like, well, I am traveling, therefore this week doesn't count. Or, you know, people will say calories don't count on Sunday. Those are God's calories. Um, <laughs> I've heard that calories. before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people. Um, I, I will admit I followed those rules before. Um, but grace is acknowledging that you are human and that sometimes you can't do this stuff alone or it's okay that you went to a coffee shop you didn't know that they wouldn't take your cup behind the counter and that it's okay that you had to throw away one out of 10 coffees you had. So to me, that's giving yourself some grace and you not beating yourself up is key to accepting that sometimes this is going to happen and it's okay. But overall, when you're looking at the big picture, you're making such a big impact in your own life with the other 50 things you did do right. So I think people really need to understand no matter what their goal is, you have to take a breather sometimes and acknowledge that you can't control everything. And uh, in meditation, we call a practice like that noting or like recognizing and honoring your feelings. So rather than trying to like tamp down or suppress something that's happening, you just acknowledge it and you're like, yeah, that happened okay, now we move forward. Because when you try to tamp down or, or you know, like punish yourself or berate yourself because of something that you didn't do right, you're really exacerbating that feeling rather than just honoring it and letting it be. And in fact, it's funny what you said to me on Monday because I'd had kind of a really rough like last two days. You said, it's okay that you're not feeling up to yourself. Like you're just being human. It's okay to be human. And I was like, oh, it is okay for me to be human. I'm not very good at recognizing that. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, our little like podcast saying give zero clucks. Like that could totally be replaced with let's be human because that's what we're doing. We're just saying like things aren't perfect. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And And the thing with life is it's not supposed to be. Nobody ever promised that it was going to be a smooth ride. So it's kind of funny, like, once your perspective can shift, which I'm not saying mine's always shifted. I mean, (laughs) I had to talk myself off an emotional ledge earlier today. Um, I mean, let's be human together. Yeah, (laughs) but it's just shifting your perspective to realize that you can't control everything. The only thing you can control is how you react to something. And sometimes that is just... Stopping what you're doing and turning on the TV or going out and like doing some chores outside to blow off some steam. That stuff you can control. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap this up, give zero clucks. Let's be human together and let's not kick our own asses because the world does a good job of it themselves. (laughs) Yeah, we're not trying to kick our own asses while we're kicking asses in 2020. Like, long story short. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And Bev and Sam just became motivational speakers. (laughs) Uh, We will have uh, open engagements that you can come in and let us know when you want us to come speak at your conference. (laughs) We'll set up personal coaching fees on our website. (laughs) There we go. Oh, and if you need the forum to kick ass in 2020, there will be a link to it in the show notes. So don't you worry. And also link to our plan farm project smarter so depending on what you want to do in 2020 you can use whichever sheet is best for you and both of those are free 
Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that part. There's free. I, I wanted to point that out because I was just joking about charging people <laughs> to tell them to be human. Um, <laughs> I mean, Brene Brown does it. Why can't we do it? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's jump into We Can't Even Corner. Let's do it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first since I just talked so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll let you rest your voice. All right. So I found an article on littlethings.com. And the title of the article is 250 Amish men lift barn with their bare hands and carry it across Ohio farm to its new spot. That's freaking crazy yeah i was like with that headline alone i'm like (laughs) so there's a video of this so if you want to check out the article that'll be linked in the show notes um but what happened was um early one morning and of march of last year there were like hundreds of amish people and they all traveled via horse-drawn carriages to joseph holchelichers i messed that up It's an Amish guy's farm in Knox County, Ohio. They were there to complete one mission, and that was to move the pole barn from one side of the farm to the other completely by hand in, you know, winter because it's March. So (laughs) approximately 250 men gathered around all four sides of the barn, began to lift and walk it all in one single piece together. And the women were watching the men as they maneuvered the giant structure and they were commenting as they twisted and straightened the barn until it was safely placed in its new position across the field nearly 200 feet away. And the whole process took less than five minutes. That's so awesome. So I think that is just like a really neat representation of like metaphorically, obviously, you know, our peeps aren't you know, gathering around a barn and and lifting it and moving it together. But I think that just speaks to community and how it's powerful and how I see not something literally on that scale happening in our Facebook group, but emotionally supporting each other with this farm thing. And like people are really starting to jump in and help each other without us like going first. So (laughs) it kind of like made me think about how important community is and how, we've been blessed enough to meet each other and create this fun little community. So it's like, we're all a bunch of Amish people moving an emotional barn together. <laughs> Love it. Amish people without making the women, you know, stay inside or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I would have wanted to go help lift the barn personally. I would have too. So I could say I helped move a barn by hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what is your can't even this week, Bev? So I'm really excited to share that while I was traveling for work in Phoenix, I got to go on a burrow hike with Mm -hmm. at Bray Club, at Fun Size Farms, at Follow Your Burrow, and at Sparkle Donkeys over on the Instagram. And I didn't know most of these people before I went on this hike. I only knew Follow Your Burrow and Fun Size Farms. And it was Kelly from Fun Size Farms that invited me. So uh, it was really neat to get to like meet new people, but also go on a burrow hike. And in case you're curious, a burrow hike is exactly what it sounds like. We went on a five-mile hike with donkeys. <laughs> Aww, that sounds so fun. Oh, it was. It was super fun. And in fact, they do this on a regular basis as a club. They're called AZ Bray Club. So if you're Arizona-based, you can go find them. Uh, they're AZ Bray Club on Facebook and just Bray Club over on Instagram. And they do hikes all over what appears to be southern Arizona, I think. I don't know if they ever go up into northern Arizona. Uh, But I've seen them do a couple of different ones in Phoenix. Some people are based in Yuma. And the hike that we did was called Wild Burrow Trail. And it's in Marana AZ, which is just north of Tucson. So it's about an hour and 20 minutes south of where I was staying. So um, I hiked with a BLM rescue donkey named Frijolita and she was a standard size donkey which was really cool because she felt huge compared to her (laughs) I'm not used to getting to like handle a large size donkey so I was really (laughs) excited about it and um, she was brought by a rescue 
that came and brought spare donkeys for people to get to use that were coming to hike, but that didn't have their own donkey. And it was so funny. People kept commenting, oh, you have a donkey? You should have brought him. I was like, well, the airplane wouldn't let me register him as a emotional support donkey. So I had to leave him at home. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the trail was really cool. Um, We walked through a wash and there was like this really cool steep skinny part that I wanted to take her up and do just because I wanted to see if I could do it. And I was really pumped when I was able to do it. And she was a rock star. She like basically dragged me up everything that was really tough. So that was really cool because she's um, they do burrow cross, which is like cross country running, but with burrows. So she was like well trained and she totally knew what she was doing. (laughs) I did not know what I was doing. Um, And I was excited because I got to spend a lot of the hike with Kelly and her husband um, and their Insta famous donks, which are Hamilton and Coco because she's at Fun Size Farms. And they were seriously the tiniest, most adorable donkeys in person I've ever seen. Like they're even smaller than Herc. Aww. And they were so friendly, too, and well-behaved. I don't know that Herc would have been quite that well-behaved. He's a little spoiled. <laughs> so I was super sore and tired and dirty after the hike, but it felt amazing, and I'm so glad I went. I almost didn't because my friend had to cancel on me because she was sick. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to go meet all these strangers all by myself. And then I woke up Saturday morning. I was like, nope, I'm going to put my big girl panties on, and I'm going to go say hi to people. <laughs> and I'm super glad I did. Yeah. Uh And I also told Jared that my new life goal is to get paid to take tourists on donkey hikes. So that's what I'm going to be working on over here. (laughs) I mean, that is fair. Right. Well, and I'm already shopping for a livestock trailer so that I can take Herc on hikes. I just have to find the right one. So and Jared sent me a few yesterday. So apparently he's on board with at least getting the trailer part. So he just said that I couldn't get one of those giant like 16 horse trailers. I don't know why he won't let me get one of those. But he said I can only get a small trailer. (laughs) Probably so that you don't feel compelled to fill it with all of the animals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Jared is making a joke. So what do you guys invest in? Donkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uh, make sure you send us your can't events and you can do that by sharing them in the Facebook group, send them to us via Facebook Messenger or Instagram, or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We want to start reading some of those in the mini-sodes we're going to put together this year. Yes, yes. And be sure and leave us a review because we're going to read our favorite Apple podcast review of the week on the show. And if you don't have an Apple product, don't worry. Uh, You can download iTunes on your regular old laptop and do it that way if you feel so inclined. And also, we take all the reviews that we read for the month and draw a name out of the hat. And that person gets an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. And it's super cute. So do you want to read this week's review, Sam? I will do that. And it is from Weber Hollow Homestead, and the title is Gal Pals. And it says, you gals are the type I would love to kick back a few beers with and talk farming on a Friday night. Keep giving zero clucks. You ladies are awesome. Love it. Thank you. And your name will be entered into that drawing that we will be having in a couple weeks. Yes. And we wish we could kick back and have a beer with you too, because that would be awesome. Yes. Yes. And speaking of that, um, if you do want to kick back and have some beers with us, you can join us at Coop Camp 2020. That'll be just outside Indianapolis, Indiana, June 5th through the 7th. And it's basically like chicken people conference camp, but we're not camping outside. You get to stay in a hotel. Yes. Um, (laughs) And there are hotel blocks. But we'll be there, so you should be too, so you can come have a drink with us. And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram by taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us in your stories um, at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code if you do this, just so, or just for that episode, and you can use that to get a percentage off in our shop and you want to do that because we have a shirt of the month that'll be gone in less than a couple weeks so if you want to snag that and get a percentage off 
make sure you do that. Yeah, and that shirt is super cute. It's my new favorite. I came home to a big old uh, bag of new drink and farm gear Mm -hmm. when I got home from my trip, and I was so excited. Oh, yeah. So make sure that you take a look at the show notes. Uh, We'll put links to all of the articles and anything that we discussed in there. And there's also a link to an anonymous survey, so you can tell us how we're doing all of our social media and our merch shops. Shop. We just have one now. Bad habit. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just have one now. <laughs> so much easier. So that's it. We hope you enjoyed learning about savings account and food waste and being nice to yourself and to each other. <laughs> and hiking with donkeys. And hiking with donkeys and moving <laughs> barns with your bare hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and